ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Shushil Prabhu. He is the CEO and chairman of Drop, a pay-per-use transaction platform designed to make it easy for consumers to purchase small-value goods and services via micropayments securely and without signups. Sushil has been a technology leader, innovator, and entrepreneur in the tech field for the past 30 years, assisting enterprise and startups in building digital platforms and leading them to profitability using cutting-edge concepts and technologies. Sushil, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for inviting me. So full disclosure, I love the concept of micropayments. And back in 2017, I interviewed Caitlin Long about Ethereum and what the blockchain was and how it could disrupt entertainment. And I have been waiting for a business to bring micropayments to consumers at large. So I am just itching for this conversation. But first of all, for people who have not been thinking about this and itching for this conversation for ages, can you explain elevator pitch style? what Drop is. So Drop is a micropayment platform built specifically, it's it's a cost-effective, affordable platform for merchants to offer their goods, small value goods, goods under $20, $10, $5, all the way to a fraction of a cent. There is a need in the market for small value good purchases. There is no such product out there in the market. Uh, Specifically in the fiat, which is the US dollar or regular government-issued currencies, there is, other than a credit card and you carrying a cash in your uh, purse, there is no other payment method to do small value transactions. So this is one of the first affordable platform. And I say affordable is because even when you make a five cent transaction, it is affordable for the merchant to offer that product. So that's amazing. I mean, first of all, I believe that consumers are on board. The whole idea of a la carte purchasing, that desire is very real. We saw it play out with cable, unbundling the cable Mm -hmm. package and really being able to, really wanting to pay just for the value. And even if it's small value goods, wanting to unbundle it from other things, wanting to be able to access that. The challenge is that there aren't very many places that they can, can do this. Obviously you've created the how, but if I'm a consumer, where can I use it? And if I'm a business, I say, well, that's a great idea, but how many consumers are you going to bring to me? What makes it worth my while to add something new? I'm change averse. So I have a chicken egg challenge here. How do you solve that? How are you tackling that? Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, it is a chicken and an egg uh, problem. And I get asked this question both from mostly from investors uh, as to how you can take <laughs> that thing. Exactly. I'm and, not sure. Yeah. And no, I, it's a very valid question. So uh, I think the, the how or how do you do it was necessary to sort of break that chain because unless merchants offer those goods, uh, and I'm just going to give you a simple example that resonates very well. It's like, you know, you subscribe to products right now. And if you just want to rent that one video on, let's say, Apple TV or Netflix or any other products, you just can't, you just can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. So if I offer you the product 
if so we are going after the merchants first because we are giving them this tool so that they can offer those products in a very cost effective method once you have that product once you have the ability to serve your customers with small value goods then the demand gets generated so let me let me also give you a little bit of history behind what 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 the whole inspiration and what were we really thinking about and why did we come across this if you would like mm-hmm. The um, I've been in fintech all my life. I've been in technology all my life, and fintech for the last twenty years, and been in technology for the last thirty years. And what I've noticed is there was open source technologies, which really made it made software happen, where you didn't need to spend a lot of money to build a software. Then came cloud computing, that made it really easy for a small business to build a scalable business, digital business in the market. And so there's so much innovation that's happened in technology where small businesses can build big businesses very quickly. Digital revolution or the digital market has become huge, right? Because Mm -hmm. of all of this. And there's been so much innovation. In fact, the Zoom call is an innovation that's happened. But what I haven't seen any, or none of us have any seen any uh, innovation is in the monetization of those services, right? I mean, there are only two methods of selling digital goods. One is free with an ad on it, and the other one is using a subscription model, right? And there's been no innovation at all. It's always been either this way or that way. And and we've survived and we've done very well with these two models, right? But with the fact that for you to use any of those models, if you're a small merchant or a small business or a startup, right? And with an exciting idea, it takes a long time before you can make any revenue uh, because you have to have enough customers on your website or visitors on your website to make revenue on ads, or you have to really convince a lot of customers about the content or the services you have in your website for them to commit to a subscription model, right? So just similar to what happened in the software industry, or I'll give you another example, what's happened in the trading industry. You know, it used to take us $40, $50 to buy a share or 100 shares of some company. Now it's almost free. So as you lower the barrier to entry, right, you spur up a new economy. You open up an entire new economy. And we really believe that microtransactions or micropayments could really spur up a huge economy that's not been opened up yet. And it's not open because no one is able to offer it. And you can't offer it because the transaction fees on small transactions are very high. Well, certainly if you have a credit card, there's no point because their business model based on a percentage, you can't. Absolutely. You just can't do it. So so question here Mm -hmm. is your business model. What is your, how, how do you generate revenue is it a scale thing that it's still a percentage but you're scaling it what is the model no so as i was saying the transaction fees on credit cards and other sorts of uh payment systems on legacy infrastructures are high right Mm -hmm. you pay 40 cents on a dollar right when you make a payment and you're probably aware of that and anything under ten dollars is expensive so we use uh, blockchain technologies and also banking really regulated technologies to lower that cost. We build an entire payment rail which circumvents the credit card network. So our transaction costs are very low. In fact, our starting transaction cost right now is 
five cents on a dollar right now, which is 5% on a dollar. So mm. right now you will pay five cents on a dollar, but you pay 40 cents on a dollar using the existing method. Right. Because the floor is that, because that's the, yeah, they the have a low, right. right. Okay. But there's a low thing. And our theory, and th- this is just what we, this is our sort of a hypothesis onto what's going to happen. And we think in the future, transaction fees are going to become lower and lower and it might end up becoming zero, just like trading fees. Mm. You will be paying a lot less. And as you see in what's happening in the DeFi world, in the blockchain world, the transaction fees are going to get a lot more reduced. So we are ready for that. We're starting transaction fees very low. And I think as the market evolves, we're going to figure out different methods. And I think not just us, almost every payment company out there is going to try to figure out uh, different methods or different uh, models to make revenue. But right now, our revenue model is very straightforward. It is transaction fee, a lot lower transaction fee than the rest of the market. In fact, it is 1% after 10, after $10. So after $5. Oh, so it does. I was actually wondering if yeah. you, it's 5 cents on the $1. If it, yeah. is it, is it per $1? So if it's 10, it, you know. Yeah. So it goes on to $5. And after that, we just dropped to 1%. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, definitely blockchain because it's disintermediated offers a great Mm -hmm. way you can, you can do this because you can save, you can save all this um, money. But again, if I am a small business with a small offering, or Mm -hmm. I want to be able to offer it to people on a per item consumable, not advertised basis, um, not subscribed basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's my setup like? I mean, is this complicated? For instance, if I have a newsletter on Substack and I don't want to have to have people subscribe to it because I, I don't know if they'll want to, you know, join for that, but this is a way I could maybe monetize it because what's five cents, you know, somebody might do it for that. Oh, it is. I see. Yeah. So uh, the setup is, uh, is very straightforward. Uh, we just like other payment companies like PayPal and Stripe and all of them, they offer you this little piece of snippet that you put in on your website. And mm-hmm. then there is a piece of code that you have to put in the backend, which gives you all the security. So the setup itself is very straightforward. And we found it like, you know, a day and then you do a couple of days or maybe a week of testing just to make sure that, you know, because it is a payment uh, platform. Mm-hmm. So in a week, you're done. I think the challenge uh, that you will see, and we see that, is it's a new model. It's, it's, it's really for the businesses to figure out what is it that they're going to unbundle and how they want to position it in the market, right? So right. the technology aspect is very straightforward and you don't see any blockchain. I know I mentioned blockchain, but that's that's a technology. That's invisible to the user? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And is it is it paid in whatever the local currency is? US is dollars. It, right it is US, US dollars. dollars. So okay. right now it's US dollars. And we also offer you the ability to pay in crypto. Right. Okay. Uh, but as you know, there are only so many people who understand crypto. So you can right. download this wallet. You can have US dollars on it, or you can have uh, HBAR, which is the uh, the native blockchain that we're using called Hadera Hashgraph. Uh, that's their native crypto. So you can even pay with that. Um, and I can share our roadmap, immediate roadmap as to how many other currencies we, you can pay with. But right now, that's what we are. That's where we are today. Okay. Now, does it work? Like, I mean, in some ways, so it's a, a digital wallet um, utility. Does it work the way an easy pass does and that I have to load it up with, let's say, $25 to be able to travel? Or 
I mean, how do how does it work? I'm a consumer. Absolutely. I sign so, up. Absolutely. So uh, it is exactly like Easy Pass in terms of the way uh, the payments are made, and in that's what we actually that's how we explain it to merchants or mm-hmm. even consumers when they are interested in. But the the interesting part is privacy is a very important part of this digital payment. We think when people make micro payments, they'll make 10, 15 of those 50 cents payment all day long. Mm-hmm. Right? And you do not want to share your details. I mean, that's the biggest issue right now with credit card and all sorts right. of payments. Also, right. And you're sharing and I don't want, to. I mean, imagine you driving your uh, EV, your uh, electric car, right? and you're charging on a charging station on a highway, you don't want to share that credit card with you. You just want to charge for five, seven dollars and walk away, right? right? So one of the things that we've done uh, in this wallet is you do download the wallet, but the user ID password and all of the security is uh, managed by you. So when you say pay, it is only you who you said pay because your credentials are not shared by anyone else. And we use something called uh, digital certificates, we use uh, something called the private key infrastructure, where uh-huh. you actually digitally sign. I mean, you just click on the pay button as such, but in the in your mobile app, what you're really doing is you're digitally signing, saying, yes, I'm paying this uh, video company five cents or 10 cents. So there are some very, um, what I call important features for the new digital economy, which is privacy. Uh, we don't want well, the customer. It, yeah. it certainly right. makes it easier in terms of GDPR and then what's going on in California from a management yeah. standpoint. It does make it trickier, though, to get sign up mm-hmm. from digital publishers or providers who are making content because a lot of these people want to have data. That's their, that's their secondary thought around, you know, their, their money train, right. They want to understand, you know, and so, so how, if I, you know, I'm a publisher, so, so you're talking to me, I'm a publisher. I want to understand the data that's happening. Now I can obviously see if something is read, but you're saying I don't get any information about what that reader is like their demographics. What do I get? And what do I not get? Thanks for asking this question because you know with, with privacy it's a double double edged thing. Uh, merchants do want to provide privacy, but they also want to sell you more stuff. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I up, right? <laughs> and, and, and really, we build this business, uh, we build this entire payment platform because I really we all believe that we want to help all the small merchants there to quickly make revenue. For us, it's like you should be making revenue day one when you go live. So. Here's what we've done. We don't share information about the customer. That's a promise to the customer. That's why the, that's the reason why a customer is going to buy a 50 cent article and might or might not visit you again. Right. On the other hand, what we also offer merchants is the ability to make an offer, right? So let's say I buy, and I keep saying, I buy some video or an article or, or read someone's podcast or listen to someone's podcast. Right after I read it, they have the ability to reach out to that customer. They know someone read it. They have access through us to make an offer saying, hey, your next article is five cents. Now, we don't prohibit or we don't stop them from asking them for that email. And if the customer is interested in sharing the details through the email with the merchant, they should go ahead with it. We just don't facilitate the sharing of the details. I mean, that's our promise and that's the security part of what we do. But we have something called offers on the mobile wallet. 
and you get an immediate offer from the, you could get an immediate offer from the merchant. And that's how the stickiness, or that's how they can prolong the engagement uh, with the customer. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering the, about that on your mm-hmm. website where you you did yeah. mention that. And I was like, how does this square with the privacy? One of the things, obviously, that's really important for people is as frictionless as possible. So are you concerned at all that this adds friction to the experience for the consumer or no? No, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, this is an audio interview, so I can't really demo the product, but it is probably the most seamless way you would buy digital services. So just, and I can, I can kind of like go through what would happen. Let's say you're browsing the internet and you come across a website of some fintech premium services, which offers you uh, information about some trading strategy. You love it, but they say that you need to go to the paywall and buy this content. Mm -hmm. But instead of that, what they can also do is they put a little blue drop there on the content. When you click on that blue drop, uh, to uh, drop icon there, your wallet will show up and say, do you want to pay five cents for this article or a hundred cents or a dollar or whatever you mm. click on that drop icon and, and that, and I just go through, I'm, I'm right into the content. You're right in the content. It'll ask you for the permission. In fact, if you, let's say it's Bloomberg or let's say it is wall street journal and you trust wall street. You can also say next time I come across wall street journal uh, website, don't even ask me this. When I click on pay, just buy it. It's up to you to do that. But it will ask you the permission. Do you want to pay five cents to Wall Street? And you just, there's one button that comes in. You click on it. That content is yours. Now, so this Chris, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. Absolutely. All right. I've opened, yeah. let's use Wall Street Journal. I've opened a Wall Street yes. Journal article. I've used Drop to get it. I go close the browser, do some other things. Then I go, oh, I want to look at that article again. Do I have to pay again or is it? No, 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 no. That, that'll be, <laughs> no. So uh, I'm glad you're asking this question. So uh, what happens is it is up to Wall Street Journal to decide how long is that article yours. It could be lifelong or it could be one month, it expires. It's up to them, right? I don't make that decision. So there is some sort of a code in it, yeah. All right, and so so that's entirely, that's so pricing is up to the the vendor, if you will, the merchant. Uh, When you say that you're starting out with merchants, because I I think that obviously, yes, you wanna have things available, but consumers need to recognize that blue drop icon. So how are you approaching building awareness and how are you doing with getting merchants to sign up? We, we are doing both ways. We are going after uh, partners, uh, distributors, but we are also doing it in the, in the grassroots fashion where we're, we have email campaigns. We've been talking to a lot of merchants and creating awareness uh, Similar to this podcast, similar to, to we were at the Consumer Electric Show uh, last week uh, talking about drop and how it's going to be, how it can really improve financial inclusion, which is a major part of, of drop. Right. So the awareness is we are we are dealing it in different uh, different ways. One is I stu- still believe that this could immediately help small and medium merchants. So we have very large email campaigns. We're reaching out after video streaming, streaming companies. Just you know, Gabriel, the 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 most uh, what we found, and we are also learning as we are selling this micro donations and mm. micro royalties. Okay, these oh. are two use cases which I had not thought of, or we had not thought of, has become very popular with our 
uh, with uh, with a micropayment drop platform. Uh, oh, interesting. Because we have this thing that I didn't share with you is let's say when you bought that Wall Street article and let's say you like it and what's the most what's the most common thing that people do is they share that content with someone right. else. So let's right. say you shared it with me and I read it. You can get you can get a referral fee from Wall Street Journal. Right? I personally so as a consumer as a consumer. So oh. it's a two-way wallet where you can get paid. In fact, you might end up making more money than I'm spending than, by sharing than you're spending. And so that's we, fascinating. We, yeah, thanks. So we did that, but what what was the byproduct of that is so let's say if you're a music artist and mm-hmm. you your music or your podcast in this case, sorry, your podcast is on a website and let's say you are supposed to get a royalty fee of 5% or something. The way our transaction works is when Sushil buys that podcast uh, for a dollar, you get that five cents instantly as a royalty fee. It can be all arranged Uh, right there. And it's all done in the API. You don't need to negotiate. It's just done automatically in the system. So we've tried to mimic how the digital world works right now. You know, this is how it should work and this is how it's working. We just, we took that as an example and people have started finding that to be a lot more interesting uh, than just the payments as such. It is so interesting. I I am such a fan and I've been waiting for this. It just seems so obvious. And I really believe that consumers want this. You are operating in the U.S. currently. Yes. So we we uh, we got approval to work in U.S. Uh, we had to hire a, a financial uh, legal company to help us with banking laws. So mm-hmm. we have permission to uh, we are called a prepaid closed loop. So we get an exception from FinCEN on that. Okay. And so we are operating in U.S. Uh, we are just partnered with a company in UAE uh-huh. to offer this product there uh, specifically for migrant workers in that part of the world who do not have bank accounts, but they have IDs. Oh, fascinating. So Right, of course, you have that whole, that's really people who are dealing in cash or... People, uh, you're right. Yeah, so now what you do is you take your cash and um, a portion of your cash, not all of it, and you mm -hmm. go to what they call a reverse kiosk. It's a kiosk where you put the money in you authenticate yourself with the drop because there'll be a drop icon on the kiosk. You click mm-hmm. on it and then you type in your ID and that Tehran, which is their currency, is converted now into digital drop. And then once you have it on drop, you can make payments using drop. Oh, so that's so that's interesting. Our, yeah. So that's wow. what we're working on right now. But right now we are just in the US. And as we speak today, we're just in the US. Yeah. So interesting. And I imagine there's also great opportunity in places like India where they've just made it. I think they've just made it that you can't have automatic renewal of subscriptions. And so I saw that (laughs) (laughs) real opportunity, right? Um, You know, yeah. Hey, go ahead. So, you know, have you heard a few cents in Singapore and is it a similar thing to them? Would you say are they? Um, Or not? I haven't. I mean, we have seen similar companies like uh tipping companies and many of them uh, and they and i don't know if you've said so i can't comment on them but okay. many of these okay. companies they look similar and then when we uh, when we look under the cover there are two things that i've noticed and you could surprise me with something that you've seen one is many of them are built on the credit card network yes so micro yes. payments are not affordable 
meaning they are affordable for like twenty dollars, but when it comes to five dollars and less than that, uh, someone well, it's, is it's paying. Based, it's a customer of the merchant. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. similar to the Easy Pass, where you you have to load it up in increments that are acceptable to a credit card. That's correct. What, correct. What's powered that so way? So now, yeah, absolutely. So now. Um, and the other way, other micropayments companies which are successful and I've seen them, they only deal in crypto. And uh, you know, we, right. yeah, so you'll see that if you know the Brave uh, browser, mm. uh, which is a very popular browser right now, it, you can pay in Brave tokens in micropayments. The, mm. But the thing is, you have to be buying those tokens from the exchange. That's too well, much that's of, a whole nother. That's a whole nother yeah. level of friction. And who wants Correct. it? Um, And especially when you think about the market and who, yeah, the minute you require getting only crypto, it just, it's a level of user, which is just immediately narrows your consumer base astronomically. I am so excited that you're on the scene and I, I, I'm a, a huge proponent of it. So if I'm a consumer and I want to sign up, what do I do? Where do I go? So right now we are on both uh, Apple and Google marketplace. You can download the app. We are also on almost all the browsers. So we are on Chrome, um, Edge, uh, Firefox, and Safari. Uh, but the first thing you have to do is you have to download the app from uh, from the Google or the Android. That's the source, and then you can. We have given them extensions on the browsers. I see. You have to sign up to the through the mobile wallet. I see. So exciting, so interesting, yeah. and I can't wait to see how it progresses. Thank you so much for taking time to share with me your exciting venture. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Norton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.